This is CJRU 1280 AM in Toronto. Welcome to Another World That Sounds Like You. This radio program is part of a multifaceted project produced by South Asian Visual Arts Centre in collaboration with Gallery TPW and is currently on view until April 1st. The project is curated by Talim Tuke in collaboration with Heather Canlis-Rigg and Neda Baba and includes an exhibition and program of events that features sound-based works engaging the act of collective listening and communal sound making. We ask, what is the role of listening to sounds, to chants and music in social movements? How do they both inform and incite each other? How does listening transmit through the body and mind to generate immaterial social relations and reverberations? And how does listening together transform our thinking from individualism to collectivism, whether transitory or permanent? We want to explore these questions as we listen together, yet apart, on Radio Waves. I'm Emily Carvazio, audio producer and host of Tea and Jams on CJRU, and today I will be your host. In today's episode, we tune into Nick Dorado's audio piece, Billions of Simultaneous Motions. Drawing from their vast interdisciplinary collection of research, the audio piece seeks to contextualize the intersections of space, vibration, sound, and construction. Informed by their training as an engineer and geophysicist, this audio piece is a research study meets concerto that takes the audience through an imagined timeline of the development of the sonic universe. You will hear the background radiation of the Big Bang, the formation of worlds, weather storms, the sparks of infernos, and the eventual blossoming of life as we journey through the heartbeat and breath of ancient musics that echo the heartbeat of the earth and the universe. Guided by the piano as a musical tour guide, these sonic textures woven into the piece asks the listener to imagine with our ears what difference exists, if any, between natural and artificial, informed and manipulated, Impossible and impossible. Here is Nick Dorado's Billions of Simultaneous Motions. Thank you. 
You have just listened to Nick Dorado's Billions of Simultaneous Motions. All right, and here on episode four, when we're talking about Nick Dorado's work, Billions of Simultaneous Motions, I'm joined by curator Talene Took. Hi, Talene. Thanks for coming on the program. Hi, nice to be here. So yeah, I want to ask you about this work and about Nick. How did you find his work and how did you decide you wanted to include it in the installation? So Nick is a musician and an artist based in Toronto. I had heard of him through colleagues of mine a couple of years back. And I actually wanted to work with him for another project, but that didn't work out. And then I was like, okay, I want to work with him for this project now. (laughs) And it's been a really, really interesting and gratifying working relationship with him because he's the only artist in the show that was commissioned to create a piece. So we've been in conversation since the summer, early summer, late spring, where I kind of like pitched the ideas of the project to him and he responded in an amazing way. Just the way he approached music really kind of um, made so much sense with this project because I was really thinking about sound and listening. And I think what's really important to mention here is that he's, you know, he's a practicing musician, but he's also a composer. So I think this is one of the main reasons why I wanted to work with him, because he was able to create something that responds to the concepts of the show. Obviously, we've talked a bunch about the relationship between music and sound in general and listening. And earlier on in this episode, I had mentioned these questions. What difference exists, if any, between natural and artificial, informed and manipulated, and possible and impossible? And I think you could probably add in music and listening or noise and listening. How do you think his piece looks at these questions? And I would also add to that individual listening or listening alone, but also listening together and listening collectively. So I think his piece is really interesting in trying to kind of grapple with these questions, or it's actually one of the pieces that I feel like brings out these questions a lot in in the show. You know, he's trying to do something really beautiful and ambitious through this work, which is to think about a kind of history of how sound mediates our world, our relationship to sound. And not just as as people making sounds, but also the sounds of our ecology and the sounds of our environment. So thinking about the sound of rain, the sounds of animals, the sounds of plants, and also then kind of thinking about how we communicate with our environment through sound. And I think the other really important layer is how did our relationship to sound change once we started recording sound? right? When we started recording, we could listen to it again, we could manipulate it, we could transform it, we could disseminate it. So I think like through his composition, he's trying to allude to these questions and trying to make us think about how it feels to listen to these sounds when they're recorded, but in a way that's also very embodied and experiential in the space. Like in the way that he recorded it, it's very intense and tangible somehow. I really feel where you're coming from, having experienced this a little bit in the gallery space. And I would argue, personally, that the music engages you in the way you're talking about, where it kind of draws you in. But then this noise behind it really adds a different sense of movement and a sense of dimension that Mm. you get when you combine the two. Do you know much about his process and where he draws the line between like music, noise, and these vague concepts? I think his process was very much about layering so there are these kind of like low hums in the piece that come like from nature sounds if you pay enough attention you'll hear hear like the human heartbeat 
the piano kind of intersperses the whole piece. And there's also a lot of sound recordings from different indigenous cultures across the world that have to do with singing practices, practices around like social traditions, and also some sounds from people communicating with animals, for example. In the space, there's actually a really long citations list where Nick references every piece of music, every sound piece that he found from different archives, whether it's like nature sounds, like the nature sounds that he used were actually the first recordings of nature sounds ever done. So this was also very purposeful to kind of take these first recordings. And then also these sounds of like human singing that are also like very precious recordings that he had access to interspersed with his piano and his music practice. So it's also trying to kind of put these things together in, in one piece, I think, to make us think about the relationship of music and listening to the actual sounds of our environment. And so the musical elements were also recorded specifically for this piece? Yes, the, the piano, which is his playing, was recorded specifically for this piece in his studio at home, mm. combined with all these archival sounds that he found. And I think this is really interesting in that it sort of brings us back to previous discussions that we've had. For example, when we were talking about Hong Kai Wang's piece, we were talking about sort of the personal connections we have with sounds and the more the broader societal connections with sounds. And I think this piece is also bringing up these concepts and these ideas. Did you want to speak on that at all? Yeah, I mean, I think it's very much for me, these concepts and ideas are brought then when the piece is playing in the space, right? So obviously, like I said, because this was commissioned, like it was from the beginning, like the prompt to Nick was to create a piece that people are able to experience together in a space. And also from a technical perspective, where we really wanted to kind of think about how the reverberations of the sound will be heard in the space mm. and how they will penetrate people inside the space, right? So it wasn't like, like it was a very specific kind of ask. It was to create a piece thinking about how our relationship to the sounds of our, of our environments, but in a very kind of delineated and defined space. And for me, also the other kind of layer to this is that, you know, as we, as we come into the gallery space, for example... You know, we come in and we're like experience all kinds of sounds in our lives, right? We're just surrounded by so many sounds and we don't always pay attention to all of them. So it was really also thinking about the sounds that we experience in the outside world. And then we come in to the space and then we're surrounded by sounds from another world that Nick has created for us. And to kind of like let go and allow ourselves to kind of be immersed in this other world and see how it feels. We're joined by Talene Tuke here, curator of Another World That Sounds Like You. Thanks so much for joining us, Talene. Thank you. In our next and last episode, we tune in to Urak Shirhan's sonic essay, Love Song Revolution. To learn more about the exhibition and our radio program, please visit gallerytpw.ca. Special thanks to the radio community here at CJRU 1280 AM in Toronto. Visit CJRU.ca to listen to more episodes of this project. And thanks to our listeners for collectively tuning in with us. I'm Emily Carvazio. Until next time. <laughs>